Welcome once again, dear listeners, to another episode of Error Nuts. My name is Eldrick, and again together with me is Boss and Vincent. As we already have talked about what propels the aircraft forward, the engines, the turbojet, the turboprop, and turbofan, for this episode, we are going to be talking about high lift devices, braking systems, and thrust reversers. So, hello guys. So, how's everyone doing? Boss? Oh, <laughs> okay. Hi. Uh, good evening. It's been a very, very hectic two weeks. Uh, my house is technically being going through a spring cleaning session right now, and I have been doing a lot of paperwork lately. So yes. Other than that, I am still surviving. How about uh, you, Ulrich? How are you? Uh, just same old, same old. Uh, just doing my work and. Just chilling, that's all. Okay, <laughs> anyways, uh, how about you, Vincent? How are you? Yes, uh, basically, uh, like what you've mentioned, uh, you got no life. You're wow. staying at home most of the time. So, so both of you have got no life, I'm the one got life now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, what are we going to be talking about, Ulrich? Okay, like uh, I said before, we are going to talk about high leaf devices. The braking systems and the thrust reversers. But and before we proceed to the front, what did we actually discuss about last week? Just a small little uh, recap. Okay. So, as we have discussed on the last episode, we have discussed about how the uh, turbo prop and turbo fan works. Yeah, so today we're just going to talk about highly devices, braking systems, and thrust reversers. Mm, yeah. So, okay, as we are going to talk on high lift devices, explain what is lift and what are the examples of the high lift devices. Who would you like to go first? Okay, what is lift? I'll answer what is lift. Uh, let, let boss do the what, what are the examples of high lift devices. Oh, wow. <laughs> I get thrown <laughs> under the bus. That's nice. <laughs> All right. Brother, just like the vaccine. What is lift? Um, simple term, lift is the force that is directly opposes the weight of an airplane and basically holds the airplane in the air. So um, lift, how is lift generated? Lift is generated by every part of the airplane, but most of the lift on the um, airliners, or you can say your commercial jet planes, is generated by their wings. So lift is a, mechanic, is a mechanical aerodynamic force produced by by the motion of the airplane through the air. Yeah, that's that's just a simple definition of lift. Over to you, boss. Okay, right. So in order for forces in flight to actually work, there is a formula that play, takes place. As per mentioned in the previous episode, we were talking about how pressure actually functions in an engine. Similarly, pressure also plays a very important role over the wing. So it's part of the high lift devices uh, situation. So there is a particular equation to this. It's uh, L equals CL V square rho over two by, uh, multiplied by S. So L is actually lift in pounds and CL is coefficient of lift. V is velocity. 
uh, rho is air density and s is uh, wing surface area so the larger the wing the more lift we get at the lower speed at the same time the faster the speed the more extra lift we get so speed and surface area is sort of like a, uh, it's like a correlation for each other so we need those two in order to 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 to, to fly uh, or get to generate a larger lift if you notice like in the 737s or the uh, eight, uh, the ATRs they have a very um, they are not broad. They, uh, sorry, they are, they are. Length is actually shorter compared to the three eighties. Yes, they are actually shorter than the three eighties. So it is to cater the amount of uh, lift that they can carry. You see. So yeah, that's uh, that's all I have to say. Right. Um. And to answer <coughs> Audrey's second question, what are some of the examples of high lift devices? So, mm -hmm. I'll just explain a bit about high lift devices before we go examples. Yeah. High lift devices are actually a movable surfaces or in some cases stationary components that are designed to increase lift during some phases or conditions of flight. So high lift devices are most frequently utilized during the takeoff, the initial climb, the approach, and also the landing phases of flight. But um, in other situations where we need, let's say, the, the the pilots need uh, to slow down the aircraft and whatnot. Um, it also comes into play. So um, the, the incorporation of high lift devices allows aircraft designer to reduce the overall size and surface area of the wing at the same time reducing its drag. So eventually it makes um, the aircraft more fuel efficient during the cruise uh, phase of flight. And some of the examples of high lift devices, the common ones are basically flaps, slats, and um, what's the other one? Kruger, Kruger flaps. Yeah, Kruger flaps. <clears throat> okay, right. so moving on to the second one. So how does the leading edge or trailing edge flaps work and what is the primary purpose of the devices? Slats are extendable and they are highly devices on the leading edge. So what will happen is they will actually extend. They will actually extend. So basically, uh, they will actually, uh, what will do is they will, the air that is hitting towards the leading edge will need to travel much more further compared to the initial particular phase, right? And they are normally used at uh, low speed operations such as takeoff, initial climb, approach, and landing. And they accomplish this thing by increasing both the surface area and the camber of the wing from uh, by deploying outwards of, and drooping downwards. So if you're curious what is a camber, right? Um, just imagine the wing cut into... Uh, yeah, just lightly sliced la right so there is a top uh, so uh, there's a top camber and there is a lead, uh, bottom camber right and there's a cord so yeah you'll be wondering why are we talking about uh like a piano to a piano piano or organ type of uh uh <laughs> terms but it is what it is so right 
The top camber will actually, when you increase the leading edge, the top camber will actually, the surface area will actually go larger. That is why, as I mentioned earlier in our lift equals to CL uh, velocity square uh, pressure density over two times of uh, area. Yeah, this is what happens. So when we increase the leading edge in the front, it creates a larger pressure difference. You, it'll create a more, uh, it'll create more suction so that the air will actually pull up the wing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway, back to where we were. So yeah. Uh, camber by 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 deploying outwards and drooping downwards from the leading edge. In contrast to yeah, so slats are more most often extended and retracted using hydraulic or electric powered actuators. And in some more simplistic designs, uh, but they are held in a retracted position by aerodynamic forces and uh, use springs and counterweights for automatic extension at low speeds and high angle of attacks. If I'm not mistaken, this particular sled uh, feature is actually found in the Airbus A310. And as for the ATRs, we actually do not have leading edge flaps, just for your information. So yeah. The reason why we actually need flaps is, flaps is for two reasons. Uh, generate most lift at a very slow speed, right? So uh, this is to cater uh, short runaways and all these things, especially when you're trying to take off. In order to get faster lift at takeoff, we will actually deploy flaps. At a very, uh, so that is why we actually take off at slower speeds. And when we are landing, we, uh, so that we can control the aircraft and so that it doesn't disturb or sort of spoil the tire wear and tear, you know? that is why uh, we slow down the aircraft in order to touch down uh, slowly, so uh, so that it doesn't bust the limits of the tires. So that's this pros and cons kind of thing. So if at all you take off without the flaps, like for the 747s and so on and so forth, if we take off without flaps, we will be probably using up the whole runway and yet we will not be able to take off because the wings are not catered in such a way. And if at all we maintain flaps, Const uh, uh, constantly extended the whole time, the aircraft will be losing its efficiency because it is not uh, because you you will be traveling slow, so you'll be burning more fuel in order to you know travel to about five hundred uh, five hundred miles. You see, so that is why yeah. And uh, proceeding uh, explanation will be done by uh, Vincent. All in all, in short, is is basically very simple. The reason we need flap slats, all this is to improve the aircraft's takeoff uh, take and landing performance. Yeah, also to add on is it gives a better angle of, of climb performance to clear obstacles if need be and also decrease the takeoff performance. I mean, increase the takeoff performance where it decreases the takeoff distance. So uh, there are actually... Uh six types of uh, flaps that are currently being uh, utilized in all aircrafts, you see. So, um, if you are curious, what uh, flaps are another version of uh, flaps, but this is towards the uh, trailing edge, similar to how the slats in the earlier phases, yeah. 
this is the ones at the back. So the plane flap is actually the rear portion of the wing of a, of a, of a aerofoil. Rotates downwards on a simple hinge arrangement mounted at, uh, at the front of the flap. Right, so it just... Normally, uh, the, the ATRs actually use this. So, yeah. The second one is actually a split flap. So what happens is the rear portion of the lower surface of the wing okay, hinges downwards from the leading edge of the flap while the upper surface remains immobile. Right? So that is a split, a split flap. So normally, if I am not mistaken, it is found in uh, the older DC uh, McDonnell Douglas uh, uh, aircrafts. Lah. Right, like DC threes, if I'm not mistaken. Now, the slotted flaps—they uh, are similar to the plane flaps. However, they are—they incorpor incorporate a gap in between of the flaps and the wings uh, to force high pressure air from below the wing over the upper surface of the wing. This actually helps the boundary layer separation and uh, and allows the airflow over the flap to remain laminar. So, like. Like for plane flaps, what happens is the wing, the, the, the air flow that is going above the wing after a certain distance, they call it a center of pressure, the air becomes very turbulent. So the reason, so one way to make it quite efficient is they have a slotted one where the high pressure actually regenerates, make the, 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 the turbulent air much more smoother. So that is what the slotted flaps actually help do. The next one we'll be talking about is Fowler flaps. They are a split flap that slides rearward for the distance, for, for, uh, sorry, for a distance, prior to hinging downwards. It is therefore, thereby first increases the cord, the wing surface of the area, and then increase, increases the camber. This produces a flap which can optimize both takeoff, partial extension, uh, sorry, for takeoff, and also for landings, landing performance. So this type of flaps, or yeah, is more is found mostly on larger aircraft like the three, sorry, the seven three sevens, the seven zero sevens onwards, and for the Airbus series from the uh, what the three eighteen onwards, even the A two two zero onwards. Yeah, so you can notice this type, this kind of flaps. And the final one we'll be talking about is double slotted Fowler flaps. Yeah, it, the, the reason why they call it Fowler because it gives an idea of a flower kind of uh, coordination, uh, but never mind. So this design actually improves the performance <laughs> of the flower, Fowler flaps by incorporating the boundary layer and re-energizing the features of the slotted flap. So um, what happens is similar to how the slotted flap actually works, it creates a gap. This is a combination of three. A slot flap, a Fowler flap, sorry, a combination of two, a slot and a Fowler flap together, so they become a double slotted Fowler flap. So, yeah. So, it re-energizes the laminar flow going outwards uh, towards the trailing edge. Yes, Aldrich, you uh, about to comment something? No, I thought Fowler is a bird, not a flower. <laughs> I don't know. Fowler is a bird, is it? Yeah. It's okay. a type of bird. Um, to, to add on on what Boss had mentioned, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more on the effects of all, the, all those flaps, okay? Yeah. So, in short, when you actually extend the flaps on the plane, wh whatever flap it is, basically you're actually lowering the aircraft's uh, stall speed. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you're increasing drag on the aircraft. 
right? So this this all happens because extending flaps increases the camber or basically the curvature of your wing. So when your wing, I mean that when the aircraft wing has a high, higher camber, it also has a higher lift coefficient, meaning in short, it can produce more lift at a, at a given angle of attack. So extending the flaps reduces your aircraft stall speed and because your wings are, are, are basically your, your 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 surface area of the wing basically is uh, bigger now mm-hmm. and, and you don't need as much of an angle of attack to balance the four forces of flight and and because you can fly at a lower angle of attack with flaps extended your stall speed will be lower as well so um extending flaps increases drag which in turn slow down slows the aircraft down uh, and for most part of the f- most critical phases of flight is actually considered a good thing, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think the flex also does increase drag up to a certain level because I think if you increase flex more, I mean, more than half the limit of your flaps can go, I think it will be more drag than lift really, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, it increases so, drag a bit. So. No, normally, normally, like, like on the 7.3, um, you increase uh, lift normally up to flaps 15. Up to, mm. uh, normally up to flaps 15 is considered a bit of lift and a bit of drag. But once you go beyond the flaps 15, you have flaps 30, flaps 40, that's where the drag come in, comes in. So that, that that's one of the reasons why we actually uh, use either flaps 30 or 40 to come in for the landing. For us in the ATRs, we only have uh, flaps 30 and flaps 15. La, and our... If we do not put flaps 30, the uh, four car will actually trigger. So, <laughs> like it or not, huh. it's flaps, flaps 30, or like it or not, it's flaps 15 to take off. Okay, so moving on. Explain how does it stop online? There are actually various uh, mechanisms actually play at uh, when we are landing. Uh, one of it is reverse thrust. Obviously, there's brakes. And also, we call uh, certain people use leaf dumpers, certain people use spoilers, but commonly it's known as spoilers. Aviation people actually have uh, different different type of terms, but I will just stick with spoilers and uh, leaf dumpers at this moment. Smaller aircrafts like the, uh, the Cessna, Pipers, uh, we actually only have very basic, uh, we do not have reverse thrust because you know our braking mechanisms uh, suffice. However, for the larger aircrafts, yes, we have uh, struts, we have uh, brakes, we have uh, lift dumpers, and uh, yeah, you know, all these things. So the larger the aircraft, the more stopping mechanisms. So the smaller the aircraft, the less stop- uh, stopping mechanisms. Like in the ATRs, we do not have, uh, we do have spoilers, but however, it's used for flying. It's not necessarily used for, uh, it's not, it is not used for landing purposes. So we use brakes as well as the reverse thrust. As well, but for the 737s, I think uh, I will pass it to uh, Vincent to answer. So basically, I mean, overall, how aircraft stops and slow down on landing mm. is basically basically these two things. Uh, basically the brakes and mm. also the, the thrust reverses. I don't, I don't. I think brake is, is kind of a straightforward thing. Right? Yeah. So reverse thrust is is something that is kind of need to explain. So re- thrust reversal, we call it thrust reversals 
or some people call it reverse thrust systems. Uh. So basically, they feature on many jet aircraft. Uh, it helps to slow down the aircraft after the aircraft has touched down. The reason we have a reverse thrust uh, incorporated to the air, uh, to large aircraft is because it, they want to reduce the wear and tear on the brakes, like Boss has mentioned. Mm. And also at the same time, enabling shorter landing distance. But um, such devices affect the aircraft significantly. So it is also considered an Im considered quite important for safe operations for airlines. So to explain a little bit more, the landing role of an aircraft actually consists of touchdown and then bringing the aircraft to taxi speed and eventually to a complete stop, right? So however, most commercial jet aircraft continue to produce thrust in the forward direction even when idle, acting against the deceleration of the aircraft. Uh, let's say a common car, your car is still moving, you, you, you're you going to hit the brakes, right? To slow down the aircraft, we basically use the brakes. But sometimes the brake cannot be as efficient at high speed as as as, uh, as you want it to be. So the, this this is where the reverse thrust actually comes in to help you. Yeah, basically, it helps you to stop faster. Lah. But in, in normal operations, braking is the, the number one priority. Mm. In, uh, and reverses is more like a bonus kind of thing. But but in, in during emergencies, uh, it really helps uh, especially yeah. if you, you know do a rejected takeoff and and also if you were to land in the bad weather where you, where there's heavy rain or snow, uh, that's where mm. the reverse thrust come come into play. It helps a lot. So basically, if you do not actually use reverse thrust in air, it's only activated on ground. Um, there is a restriction. Yeah, there's a restriction to it where, where you can't use, you can't deploy reverse thrust on air. Even for, uh, I think uh, it's uh, ever since the crash that happened with the DC-10 a few years back, um, yeah. uh, two-thirds of your tires are on the ground. Uh, it will not deploy uh, any reverse thrust. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, um, it's very easy to remember for us, uh, basically. The moment you, you use your thrust reversers, it's basically you, you have to stop your aircraft no matter what. You cannot mm. do a go-around anymore. So the effectiveness is uh, the amount of thrust and power generated are proportional to the speed of uh, the aircraft. So making reverse thrust more efficient at high speeds. Lah. But however, uh, uh, however, there is limitations. Apparently, you're not supposed to keep them deployed uh, any lesser than 70 knots. Am I correct? 60 knots. Oh, 60 knots, yes. This is to avoid foreign objects actually entering and spoil, uh, you know, yep. uh, causing a damage in the engine uh, engines, right? So that is the reason why uh, we are asked to be slightly careful in uh, using our, uh, our reverse, uh, reverses. And as for jet aircraft, there are actually four types of uh, reverses. One, sorry, three types of reverses. One is the clamshell type. So it directs the air... Uh, Towards the front only, uh, yeah, it looks like a clamshell. Uh, cascade type, where the reverses is commonly used on turbofans. So th that is the one that we generally find on uh, larger aircrafts. So the cold stream type is the additional two types of uh, that is used on a turbojet and bypass uh, low bypass turbofan engines, where the doors in the bypass duct uh, redirect the air that is accelerated by the engine fuel section and does not pass through the combustion chamber. So this is just one more type of Reverse trust lah. So yeah, there you have it. These are the three types. Yes. And next on to the auto brakes. 
Audrey, do you want to explain what auto brakes are? Auto brakes actually it's, uh, it's basically automated lah. When you touch down, then the then when the aircraft senses that the aircraft's wheels are on the ground, then it, the automatic braking systems will kick in, where it gives us a predetermined amount of braking uh, braking effectiveness depending on uh, the modes we use. So basically, they are actually there for larger aircrafts, lah. Like the ATRs, we actually use either brakes or we use yeah. reverse thrust. <laughs> Normally, all set auto brakes. Uh, what one or two? Okay, to answer, boss. Basically, to answer what your question is, well, when when do we use one or two or three or max? Because on the seven three, you have one, two, three, and max, right? Mm-hmm. It all depends on 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 the landing distance uh, and where you want to basically stop. Mm-hmm. So we actually have this so called. Uh, Onboard performance tool. Uh, we, we, use, we use it on the iPad. Oh. So we can actually calculate. It actually is, is a program, it's a software where it helps us calculate the landing distance. Like, let's say um, for an airport, we have about 4,000 meters uh, length uh, of a runway. So um, let's, say there's an, let's say there's a taxiway that is about 2,000 meters, that means half of the runway. So we actually enter all our data into the the, the software, mm-hmm. and basically they will show us if we were to use auto brake one, what is our land, what is our stopping distance. If we were to use auto brake two, what is the stopping distance? So from there you can determine what what kind of auto brake you want to use, and where where you what, basically you can plan. I want to exit. Okay, let's say I want to exit. Uh, out of this taxiway, let's say A, B, and C lah. Okay, so if you want to taxi, um, exit taxiway A, so basically you you want to have a shorter distance. You want to be you want to stop as soon as possible. So maybe you gotta go with auto brake three or auto brake max, that kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So there's no predetermined set of saying. Okay, I want you must use one, two, or you must use uh, three, that kind of thing lah. But we use them. Uh, but if you like going three and four, uh, three and uh, three normally is like very desperate, uh, desperate, okay. right? But sometimes will it trigger your break time hot or not? Um, most of the time we use two or three la. It really depends on how how long the runway is. Mm. Um, but max we don't we don't go up to max la. But but oh. of course uh, break we have to calculate the break temperature la. The breaking temperature, uh, the time uh, There's a certain time and limit, but yeah. most of the time because of our turnover time, it is it's quite long, like about one hour. So it doesn't really affect as much during the operation. Mm. So the summary for today's episode, we talked about the high lift devices and the braking systems, the flaps, the reverse thrust, and also the auto brake system. For the next episode, we're going to talk about the flight, primary flight controls. So, okay, that's a wrap, guys. Okay, so thank you once again, dear listeners, for tuning to our Evernuts podcast. For the latest news and updates, please follow us on our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Aeronuts, A-E-R-0-N-U-T-S. A-E-R-0-N-U-T-S Give us a follow, like and share on our social media platform and your feedback is greatly appreciated as we progress our journey together. Okay, that's all guys. Uh, See you guys on the next episode. 